Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Sam Otten, host and co-writer of Justice League Universe podcast, and I also have a blog called comicandscreen.blogspot.com, where I collect the podcast episodes and then other thoughts and reactions that I have to comic book-related stuff, especially DC. Alrighty. And today on Donna Justice, we're talking about minute number 38, which starts with Clark Kent in Gotham City, and then the minute's going to end with Anatoly Knyazev staring down Bruce Wayne. What are you looking at, Nate? I just... I don't know. I'm just stuck on that pronunciation of his name. Oh, yeah. Is it good? I, no, I don't even know how to say it correctly. Oh. Can I Ziev? Ziev? No. We're not doing it. No. Someone... I just use I use Bruce's pronunciation from the movie, which I think is Can I Zev. Can I Zev. That's what I usually Can stick I to. Zev. I think there's a Y in there, like two Ys. He's got two Ys. No, the, well, the, N becomes, <laughs> the N comes before the Y. That's why. It's K-N-Y-A. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. anyways, uh, this scene, I you said yesterday, Sam, that this would be probably be a scene that you keep in the film if you had to do your own cut of it. Um, I think this scene is uh, would be okay if it got cut. Well, it did get cut, and I think I, I which one? Just him walking up? No, this whole reporter scene. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. Oh, there are some other. Kahina Ziri scenes that should have definitely stayed in the cut. I don't think this is just about Kahina Kahina. <laughs> yeah, there, this this should not have been. This should not have been cut. No, and it can't be. This is. Uh, see, I I can go into it a little bit. You can say it because it's in this minute. I'll say it in this in this minute. This is the first time Cal is being brought to attention of the Batman. The the entire existence yeah, of him. Like actually, this is the first time that he didn't go there thinking like hey i hear there's some crazy bat monster flying around but also is this girl here no he's like hey is this girl here yeah but you need to leave like why do i need to leave like what's going on and then mm-hmm. it gets to the oh there's a bat monster terrorizing people i should probably look into that yeah so he didn't no idea of existence before this okay i i hear your argument and then you can think about the emotional state that clark is in when he learns about batman so like Clark has just been seen, like we talked about yesterday, just been seeing some of these negative reactions to Superman uh, and, like, Superman getting second-guessed and, like, some people saying, like, oh, he's actually causing problems and, you know, all this kind of negativity that Clark is feeling. And then he goes and sees and hears about this Bat character who's, like, sounds brutal and vicious and he's, uh, you know, hunting and he's on the hunt and stuff. And then, you know, Clark finds out that the cops are helping this Batman Mm -hmm that would really, like, be something to resent, right? Like, I'm getting judged, and all I'm trying to do is good things, and people are bringing, like, negativity and anger towards me. And this guy is, like, terrorizing neighborhoods, and the police authorities are helping him, or they seem to at least be, like, totally looking the other way or letting him do it. So he's, like, Clark is already in a little bit of a, like, vulnerable emotional state, and then if he learns about Batman there, it seems like it would really... uh, stick in him you know like oh man this batman character i can't believe this yeah mm-hmm. for sure but we also get uh at least one person who tries to defend the batman so um some i think you can kind of take what she says and almost apply it to superman in a sense in this universe but we'll get there 
Um, <laughs> I think we need to just have a podcast called We'll Get There. We'll Get There. No, we'll get there in today's minute, so don't worry. We're not, it's not The Walking Dead where it's like yeah. a continuous, uh, what is that called? A cliffhanger? Sure. Yeah, it's not that. Um, I love me some reporter Clark Kent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I wrote down that this is like, this is the beauty of uh, shared universes. Uh, this scene is Clark Kent mm-hmm. in Gotham City. Yeah. In the world of Batman. You know, I read on the internet that mm-hmm. this is supposed to be the Narrows. And I don't know how much weight that's supposed to have. I don't know if everybody on the internet's thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, there's one real bad projects in Gotham. Oh, that's the Narrows. Like, I don't know. But mm. somewhere on the internet, they said, hey, he, Clark Kent actually goes to, to investigate in the Narrows. And obviously, Batman has a really big presence in the Narrows. So it kind of makes sense for, you know, the superstitious aspect to be very pr- prominent in this one uh, building. It could be the Narrows. I mean. Could be. I'm pretty sure sh- it might be a big area of Gotham. Right? There's, a, there's a map. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> like, uh, all right, this whole quadrant right here is the yeah, Narrows. There's so. a map of it. It wouldn't be hard to to assume that. Um, something that is kind of interesting in this minute, right away we see this cop car, right? Yeah. Uh, the number on it yep. is 224, mm-hmm. which means that this is the same squad car that we saw in minute number 21 with, this is the Officer Rucka and Officer Mazzuccelli. This yeah. is their car. So it's the same cops. We talked about what happened in Batman uh it was batman 224 right not detective comics i think it was yeah, batman i think we did detective comics 224 nothing happened in detective comics 224 i think it was like a robot, and, robot batman yeah or robot batman or something um batman 224 is i think i said it before that's where um uh that that villain um moloch mm, yeah we talked about like moloch the, or and the watchman correlation between yeah. that or something i don't know there was also something i feel like i looked a little bit into this and i think i just quickly glanced at it there was somebody named uh charles holden or blind buddy i don't know in that book and uh maybe the gentleman we see with the uh one blind eye later on in this minute is supposed to represent something along those lines maybe it could be um you know if i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong well i don't know i mean it's all up for interpretation right sure um just kind of going with that old man the the blind guy i <laughs> i wrote down this weird theory about him and i was like i don't know why i thought of it but i thought it would be a good idea if they did like since it since one of the many uh bases of this film is the dark knight returns it's not like the sole basis of this film as much as people like to say it is um but if they were going to pull from that storyline wouldn't it be cool if like that guy was bruce wayne in some way like he's drawing the bat signal is telling him about like yo you need to get out of this like town he's got, like the mask on yeah that makes him look like yeah different. i just thought that yeah. would be kind of interesting like just when you listen to what this guy is saying and everything is like yeah you know that he's angry like you should get out of here like but then again he also knows he's got to know he's clark Kent because he's been following him with the whole bat computer and everything so it's like and then he draws the bat symbol it's like maybe, you know, if it was him, obviously it's not, and it's just some silly theory, but it would have been interesting. Mm. Uh, just on one point one point on that, I don't necessarily think that Batman knows Superman's Clark Kent yet and, uh, at this point in the movie. That's just my thought on yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about that last on the last minute, or the last show, I think. I think I asked you, Sam, at what point do they 
all know who each other is. Did we record that? Or was that unrecorded? That It sounds familiar to me. Uh, we'll get there. We got to ask that later? <laughs> I think week 11 is when we have to ask that question. Like, we have to talk about it. Cause okay. They'll all three of them meet each other. And we'll text Sam when we're yeah. recording it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the big the big spot to try to figure it out. Um Yeah, so uh in this minute Clark is shown knocking on the door of an apartment. While he waits for an answer, he sees a mother and child hanging laundry out in the hallway. Uh he turns to them and as he holds a newspaper up, he asks if sh- is she like home? Mm-hmm. So is she the- in yeah, the newspaper is has a photo of Kahina Ziri, um, the witness in the Nairobi incident, and quote the unquote he- witness, quote unquote witness. Yeah, and the headline says, "Hearing shed light on Nairobi massacre," um, which you know, again, this is a Daily Planet article, uh, which might suggest that Superman committed a massacre. So, it's well, weird. It, it was a massacre. Yeah, but... And allegedly Superman caused it. Yeah, but, you know, the Daily Planet published that article. It uh, contradicts contradicts a line that we... A line of dialogue that we get later on. I don't know. It's about just, puff pieces. Yeah, but there's just a lot of headlines from the Daily Planet in this week that... I don't know. They're just not really working in favor of Superman. I think maybe just the Daily Planet is unbiased. You're biased. No. Biased against Superman? Yeah. I think they're just telling it how it is, man. You think? Yeah. Hmm. I think I think it's a little suggestive. It turns out to be wrong, but like they might be just reporting it based on the evidence like taken at face value. Yeah. But then later it turns out like, oh, you probably should have like checked it closer because it actually was not the case. But it's I mean it's hard to probably get good secondary and com- corroborating sources from, you know, all the way wherever that was happening. Plus it's a country with a civil war. So, yeah. and I mean, Lois does like retcon it all later on in the movie with her article. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. she's the one that does dig deeper and say, Hey, this was all false news. Yeah. You can say fake news. <laughs> no one copy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just a shame because, you know, if Kahina is the only witness, then it does really suggest that, you know, he's done something wrong. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that I get all warm and fuzzy inside whenever I hear uh, Henry have speaking lines, good speaking lines. Like, this whole thing right here with the him, like, asking if she's in and saying, yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm not a cop, I'm a reporter. Like, that's like, man, you sound like Superman. Like, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Aw, Nate has... The huge... biggest man crush on Henry Cavill. Cavo, Cavo, and just Superman, and, and just the whole, the whole deal, the whole deal, the whole package. Yeah, hey man, you're the whole package. package. Um, so yeah, do you think so? If he came to see this person, and it being Superman, uh, do you think he would really just knock and try to find out if someone's home, or would he be like, obviously, there's no one in that room because I have super abilities so i would know if that person's home anyways uh or maybe he's just being polite and he's not trying to big brother the whole situation i think that's what it is and he's just like all right let me just not use my powers i'll knock on the door and yeah be, you know be respectful it's gotta i'm be not gonna like go that. hunt down this witness but i would really like some answers yeah um i don't even know if like he was actually like intentionally 
like what how far how far back his plan went to try to find Kahina like what if he was just like getting like off the ferry and was like you know what I'm gonna go try to do that and like just out of the whim hopped a bus to the Narrows and, and found out where she lived and I think it's just like a politeness thing he's obviously not gonna be using his x-ray vision to look through everything unless like it's in a situation that he absolutely needs to i wonder how that conversation would have went between superman and kahina that would have been crazy look at him in the eyes oh Oh, she could have done this thing that she said to look him in the face and say how do you choose who matters and he saw that interview and he was like you know what maybe i will maybe i should yeah wow that it's such a missed opportunity (laughs) (laughs) i wish that happened oh man what do you think sam so I think in terms of the, I think he's just trying to behave normally, you know, because he knows people are around. So he's like, I'm going to behave like a normal person so that I don't seem weird or suspicious. In terms of the getting a chance to talk to Ziri, uh, I think that would be kind of interesting because, so Clark must just know that she's lying, but he has no idea why she's lying, right? So if he got to talk to her, he might try to get a read on, like, what's, what's her deal? Like, is somebody else, like, asking her to lie? Or who's she trying to cover for? Or, like, why is she doing this? But, um, I mean, so her testimony was that there was, like, a you know, the sonic boom from, like, Superman arriving, which actually is true. Then she says there was all this fire and burning and stuff. I mean, she kind of, like, she said things that were true, but then her whole overall suggestion that it was Superman that did it all is obviously a lie. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe yeah, he, maybe she, um, maybe he doesn't know she's lying, but maybe, she, maybe he thinks that she didn't see what really happened, and like, it's you know he could always go up to her and be like, uh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you got kind of misled, but that's not really what happened. Yeah, and like, but then. He doesn't know that she's lying. She he just thinks that she was just misinformed or she put the wrong pieces Mistake, together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he he knows she's either lying or she's just mistaken about the conclusions she drew about what happened. Yeah. But we know she was lying. And then the, I mean <laughs> Yeah, and the other part of it is like the there was the government response like so we saw the stuff that happened around Lois, but then the government also sent people to like crack down on it afterward right so there was actually like the tragedy spilled out even beyond what we saw right like we saw the death and destruction that was done you know by kg beast and his team that were put there by lex but then isn't it true that there was like another village that like the government went and killed because of all the civil war tensions and then the, the government was like whoa there was a bunch of violence there we better like do a crackdown on this like neighboring village is that true, or am, am I remembering that wrong? I from this movie. I don't. Re- yeah, from- I think I might have missed that, but it's not hard to believe because that that Nairobi incident is what what started because it was like a kind of standstill. Like he had, like Amajog had the insurgency, and um, then there was like the elected part of Nairobi, but like this incident is what um, it it is the catalyst that started their civil war. So like it led to more conflict. Yeah. Like I think, I think there was also a secondary tragedy, which was like that the government of that country did a big like response after the violence. And so there was kind of like two big instances of violence. I'm remembering this from somewhere, but people can check. 
it sounds familiar, I'm, but also I don't. I, I, I don't I, think it's it's not explicitly stated, but I'm pretty sure that the Nairobi incident is caused the the civil war to actually break out into uh, something more than just a cold war. Like it actually turned into an actual civil war because of uh, what happened at that outpost. So I think you're correct. I just I'm gonna whoever wherever you got the information, I might want to look into. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he asks this woman uh, if Kahina is at her apartment, if she's home, if, if she has seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a voice from afar that asks, you know, what did she do, officer? Um, but he kind of has to correct him and says, oh, I'm not a cop, I'm a reporter. Um, and uh, he asks this person now, uh, Clark can ask this person um, if he has seen Kahina. Um, and he kind of says, like, oh, if she's smart, then she's probably left town by now. Um, which I guess says a lot about Gotham. Where it's like, if you live in Gotham, uh, the dream is to get out of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you could say that about most cities, probably. Um, but pessimistic it, about the city you live in, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, it might happen. Um, but then he also, you know, this guy, he says, and you might want to get out of here too, unless you want to run into him before, you know, like before it gets dark. And so, uh, why do you think he's warning Clark, the reporter, Hey man, get out of here before the Batman shows Cause up. Cause he's like a tourist kind of, you know, Is like that what he's tourist thinking? mentality. Like I know you're not from this town cause you obviously don't look like you're from this town. Yeah. You look like someone from Metropolis because it's Superman. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's like he obviously, you know, when people come to Gotham, they don't know of the Batman, which I guess you could ask that question about everyone and not just Clark Kent. Maybe people who don't live in Gotham even know about the Batman or they treat it like some sort of Mothman prophecy. I think it is. I think it's just a superstition, man. Yeah, superstition. One of those things. Um, So, yeah, but I do like this woman who comes in to kind of defend Batman and says, like... um, like the only people who should be afraid of him are people who have reason to be, um, which I feel like is a good defense. Like it's good to know that there are people who are, uh, that see Batman as a hero, yeah. like regular civilians, not just cops, but like people of Gotham as well that see him as a hero. Cause I think it's important, um, that there are some people who believe in him mm-hmm. and, uh, it's nice to see that because Superman's kind of dealing with the same issues that, you know, some people might warn people that Superman might come down through their roof one day and, like, tell them how to live their life. <laughs> or burst them into flames. Yeah, like, melt them down or something. Yeah. But, you know, this, there's got to be people who are defending Superman the same way. It's like, listen, he's only out to take out bad guys or to, like, help the people who've been hurt. Like, he's only here to help kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, it's just one of those things. I, like, we see her again later in this film, but it's it's nice to see her and... Uh, her lines of dialogue do not go unnoticed by me. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, the superstitious aspect of Batman. I know I've said it before, but seeing it on screen like this, it's, I don't know, I just love it. It's great. You should be scared of this guy that's dressed in a bat costume, but, you know, everybody else thinks of him as a demon. Punching criminals. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's part of his power and that's what makes him like a superhero Mm -hmm. is because 
as a as a real man, he can only like be in certain spots and stop certain crimes. But if like there's a general fear of him and like people that are like paralyzed because this demon bat character might be around at night mm-hmm. or whatever, like that's how he becomes bigger than a person. Yeah. And that's like, you know, it extends him out like, wow, he can have a ripple effect over whole neighborhoods or over the whole city because of the reputation and the like him becoming kind of an urban legend, like yeah. or not even urban legend, but just like a, a character that people are honestly thinking about a lot or if they were about to commit a crime they're thinking like man batman might be anywhere around here yeah yeah well i mean he is explained by this guy he explains it to clark kent as an idea and not just he doesn't say oh it's the batman or oh it's this or it's this person he uh, he uh scribbles out with that scratch card scratch off a lottery scratch scratch off ticket you couldn't figure that out i don't know i don't do those (laughs) so he does that and he scratches out the scratch off part Mm -hmm. into the shape of the bat symbol and then shows that to clark so he's like showing him the symbol of the batman to explain who batman is and that is like here i'm showing you the idea of this character like this is the explanation. You see this symbol, know this symbol because that is the Batman. It's not a person. It's not a superhero. It's a, it's a entity. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a presence. And so like, I think that was like the best way. If you're going to be explained who Batman is, it's like you show him the symbol and you're like, this is Batman. Yeah. So like Prince. Yeah. Here's the symbol. Yeah. <laughs> I like, too, that there's the two sides that are given, you know, like, the old man says one thing about Batman, the other one says, well, I have kind of a different opinion on it. And I just like this movie overall because pretty much anything important, this movie provides you with a couple different perspectives on it. And I noticed that some people, it's a reason they don't like the movie. Like, they want there to be one opinion towards, like, Superman, like... Does the world love Superman? Do they hate Superman? Do they fear Superman? But it should be one thing, and then I'll wrap my head around it, and I'll be fine. And, like, Batman, it's like, okay, I need one perspective on Batman. Like, is he a vigilante that we need, that everybody is afraid of? Or is he, like, a vigilante that everybody's, like, cheering and thinks he's awesome? And I like the movie because they actually give you multiple things whenever there's a big question like that. Yeah. I mean, that was also, like, the whole point of Watchmen, too, kind of, right? Like, to question how you go about things like as far as superheroes go like are they doing the right thing mm-hmm. should they be doing something at all and uh I, I feel like that adds so much value to the film because then you can have conversations with people and kind of debate things like do you believe superman should be doing something do you believe superman's a good person like if superman was here right now would you be for or against it like how would you feel about it and then you could do the same thing with batman um Wonder Woman's just perfect, so we're never going to question her. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, you know, I think that's that kind of helped influence uh, the Civil War as well, the Captain America movie, um, because they were able to go, hey, you know, some stuff has happened in our universe. Maybe it's time to not have a total answer for everything, and let's start asking some questions of our own. Uh, should superheroes be ordered to follow the government rule or should they be allowed to do whatever they please kind of thing um so morals start to get questioned in that universe as well so i think this film really helped show that um i don't know you can question things and that's a good you're supposed to question well you are supposed to question but you Mm -hmm. know should a film be allowed to to mess with things like that and make you question things 
uh, it should. <laughs> yeah, we're getting it. Yeah. But do you want to move on to scene change? Smash cut? Do you guys have anything else for this one? <laughs> I don't want to skip ahead. With the, um, just with the old guy, like he says, the new kind of mean, uh, that reminds me of Alfred saying, like, new rules. Um, so, like... We're getting clear signals that Batman is in a new place. He's not in his normal frame of mind. Um, and then when the old man says he's hunting, like that is echoed later when uh, Bruce says yeah. that his family is hunters. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, um, you know, obviously Superman doesn't, he doesn't equate it to like, oh, he's angry at me. He's thinking like, oh, this guy's going to be really angry and start hurting people. Mm-hmm. So he's like, mm-hmm. he, you know his immediate reaction is like okay i gotta stop this guy from hurting anyone but little does he know that this character only wants to hurt superman so mm-hmm. i think it's really interesting to note that as well but yeah so the scene then changes to uh an underground fight club sure <laughs> um we see two men fighting uh there's a guy with tattoos who seems to be winning the fight and he knocks the other fighter uh, into Bruce Wayne of all people. Of all people. Of all people in a Bruce under- Wayne, what are you doing there in an underground fight? Underworld arena? Fight Club. Yeah. Why is Bruce Wayne there? Um, yeah. Do, uh, is do people know that Bruce Man? Uh, Bruce, Bruce Man. man. Bruce you know that Wayne? Bruce Man? Hey, you know that Bruce Man? Batman. Bruce Wayne. That's a good one. Write yeah. that down. Do they? Is he a common regular? Does he is he like his father in like the Flashpoint series where he's like he's got casinos? He's like got he's like in the underworld so that he knows what's going on, mm. or is he just like here out of nowhere and people are like, why is Bruce Wayne here? I don't even know if the people that are in this Fight Club pay attention to who Bruce Wayne is. Really? So we'll get there tomorrow. It's definitely noticeable tomorrow. They know it's him. All right. Well, this guy Anatoly, he's looking at him. He's staring right at him. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily if Anatoly mm-hmm. knows who Bruce I mean, Wayne is. One eye is looking at the other fighters, and then one eye is looking at Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, yeah. So you remember he, that rumor that went around with this with the what? with the with the fighter that Bruce oh, is with? Yeah. Uh, you want to get into it? I'll just say it. I remember there being a rumor that like this guy was supposed to be Batwing, and that was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. It's I like, know who he on. is, but why it's do like, you need to? Why would that be? Why do you need to add things like that in there? Um, it's like the thing with what we said uh, yesterday, two days ago, about like Coast City, on like the clocks or whatever. It's just like at w- at what point is fan service an annoyance? So, if those that's rumors, a good yeah. general question, Nate. At what point does fan service become an annoyance? Yeah, because then that can disrupt storytelling. It's like yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, are you just substituting good storytelling for fan service? So, like, why are there people on the internet that's just, like, trying to pull out literally every possible situation from a comic book out of a comic book movie? Because it makes them feel good when they can know something. I don't know. You got me, man. (laughs) Why do we have a podcast where we talk about minute by minute? Because we're here to analyze it so that it's not so (laughs) black and white. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. This is a podcast where we question things. Okay. That's the beauty of it. Well, I'm not questioning that that's Batwing. It's not. Oh, I don't think so. But I'm questioning why Bruce Wayne is in this fight club. Because he likes to go to fight clubs, man. Sure. Um, Sam, do you have any notes about this fight club? I know we get some more of it tomorrow, but I, you know, if you, anything you want to talk about today? Yeah, I think he definitely stands out, but 
you know, billionaires can have whatever hobby they want because they're billionaires. So I think, you know, some people might be looking at him and stuff, but then they're like, well, all right, this might be his thing, you know. Um, and one thing I like about it is the that he is underground, like this is an underground kind of fight situation. And in our analysis, we followed this motif with Bruce that everything is always falling or downward moving. So, obviously, you guys talked about the falling that was at the beginning with the murder of the Waynes. Mm-hmm. But you can you can actually follow it throughout the whole movie until the end when he finally, like, rises out. But um, to me, this, like, motif of him, like, going down the elevator to his back cave and coming down from the helicopter when he, like, arrives yeah. in Metropolis. And to me, it even extends, the motif extends here to this idea that he is going underground to this, you know, fight kind of situation. Yeah. So, all of all of his character motion kind of from a conceptual side of things is all downward because he is going down into his like vengeful descent of basically madness mm-hmm. you could call it this is relating to the beginning of the movie where bruce is set and what falls has fallen that yeah okay yeah, right so they they actually they name the motif at the beginning and then so as like a you know astute film watcher you can then okay we've been clued into a motif from the very start of the movie so let's follow it and to me i at least make the connection here even though they don't show him like walking downstairs to get in the underground mm-hmm. it's like this the the thing that he's pursuing is actually bringing him down to these low depths that he hasn't been before i see it because then you know it's not i mean and it's it's not that i'm thinking about it. it's all all throughout the movie yeah, yeah, and like the B, the it's really clear in the BVS fight because yeah. he like literally throws Superman down, down from, all the way down. Yeah. Like that's when he's he's dragging Superman yeah, down absolutely. with him. That's that's the yeah. exact part that I was thinking. Bringing the man in the sky, him pulling up. him down. Anyways, okay. Yeah, then there's there's a turn after. Yeah, that's going ahead. But yeah, it there is a point in the movie where it turns, and then you start seeing an actual upward motif mm-hmm. to the end. So it's it's really nice. Good call, gentlemen. Good call. <laughs> Points all around. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it for my notes today. There's plenty of stuff to talk about with this whole Fight Club bit, uh, but that happens in tomorrow's minute. So. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else? No, sir. Nope. Sam, did you have anything else for today's minute? I think we're good. All righty. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, definitely leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us out so much, and we love reading those reviews out on Open Podcast. And you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute, and we'll catch you tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.